3: Welcome to Post Show Recaps coverage of The Crown. My name is Grace. I'm here with my Commonwealth compatriot, Shannon Gus. How are you doing, Shannon?
1: I'm so good, Grace. I have so many thoughts about The Crown that I watched all of last year. I've had no one to share them with. I've just been bursting at the seams to talk about The Crown, so I'm so excited that we're doing this.
3: And you're sort of first, one of your first forays into uh, like a, you know, full season of, of TV. As we know, season five, uh, sorry, yeah, season five is coming to Netflix in uh, November in a couple weeks time. And so we thought as a little treat, we'd, we'd go back to the archives and watch the first four seasons and chat about them. We're going to bunch up seasons uh, at a time. We're going to bunch up the, the cast as they do the recasting. So we'll talk about season one and season two today and then seasons three and season four uh, in, in the next podcast. And then season season five will be here
1: yeah and that'll be the first season that I've watched like in real time um because I discovered the show in 2021 and when I say I binged it it took me the whole year so that was 40 episodes over a year because I don't I don't rush through the crown like you can't rush art I will I I won't watch two episodes in one night like I know that it's a three-hour commitment like I'll sit I'll watch it I'll look up reddit I'll look at the historical inaccuracies I'll like go (laughs) off and on uh, Wikipedia trails for days like that's how I watch it so I'm really excited to be watching it in real time with everyone season
3: five yeah i think a really interesting time for us to to jump in on the show it, this show uh i could not believe that this show debuted in 2016 that seemed wild to me that seems like too long ago uh for the show somehow it feels like it came out like a year or two ago but no uh season five on the way and uh yeah really interesting that the show i think does this recasting model where after two seasons they recast the 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 whole crew um i'm a little disappointed that um uh the individual who played uh diana last season it gets recast after one season i feel like that's a travesty she should get to come back but no that's not how they do it uh, claire foy yeah. for two seasons olivia coleman for two seasons and melda staunton is going to show up um but yeah you found it uh, during covet I, I agree with you i think uh i watched it when it first came out but it is a show that i don't necessarily Uh, binge and you and i will not be exactly binging this show we will do uh, an episode at a time as the podcast will probably try to drop two episodes uh, a week i know that unfortunately you will be missing our first two episodes for a trip to the united states much like uh i guess in the crown in season two we have a reverse trip you're you're like the kennedys that you are heading to america
1: Exactly like the Kennedys yeah. in, in so many ways because they came to the UK and I'm going from Australia to America. It's exactly
3: the same, right? Yeah. yeah. A foreign, uh, foreign visit. Uh, you'll be royalty when you go to uh, know it alls in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the
1: Kennedys aren't royalty as well. There's that's the true. They're not I don't royalty. think I'll be royalty. At no, like, there's, there's no connection between me and the crown and the Kennedys. Listen, I'm, trying, my I'm trying to make a metaphor. Yeah. Well, I'm missing the show and it's sad. And that's I know. It. like it. Yeah.
3: But then you get to come back and you'll have watched three episodes by that point and, and we'll be, we'll be full in it. But um, today we're going to chat about season one and season two. And gosh, uh, I talked about not binging it. I did binge this uh, show two seasons in a week uh, in preparation for this podcast in particular. And in season one, I've watched in two days, Shannon, uh, which I think, as you said before, is just a testament to how good season one is of this show.
1: Yeah I mean I, I didn't re-binge I, I watched it all last year and then I just went back to parts of it for this podcast but and when you were binging I was feeling jealous because yeah. season one is one of my favorite seasons of television ever like I just love it so much and then when I was watching parts of it last night I was like ah, I should have done the binge because it's so good so did, did it hold up for you like is that yeah. when you went back like this did it, did it hold up better than you remembered?
3: It's, it's really incredible. And I think a really interesting time to, to watch as we talked about like season five coming out and the recasting, but also obviously Queen Elizabeth II passing away earlier this year i think um puts a whole different light to the show i think a lot of people have found the show it immediately was like back on the top of the netflix recommendations um and then with the new season coming out just like you know uh kind of sad but like eerie timing um for for the show yeah i know yeah it's like yeah yeah, they must have been like so gleeful
1: over at netflix i don't think they were i mean i know they would have had feelings i guess
3: yeah it's complicated um yeah uh, yeah, but um, boy, it's it's really strong, and I think the thing I'm a huge Olivia Coleman. Stan, uh, Ariel, and I joke about doing the Coleman cast where we just watch all of Olivia Coleman's uh, media properties on loop. But Claire Foy, <laughs> I think probably in the rewatch end, i'm like boy i think claire foy is the like the is the best is the best queen elizabeth um she's just so good immediately um and for i think a figure who i think when the show came out in like 2016 i think that there's like some interesting thoughts about like the monarchy and can you make this like the the head of the of the the british monarchy which is a thing people Really love, but also is very complicated, um especially uh, when Queen Elizabeth uh, uh, takes over. And, and is very, uh, you know, yeah. There's some morally gray things about having a monarchy. that I think like it's tough to make like Elizabeth a sympathetic figure, and Claire it just like
1: nails it. Yeah, her. yeah. I-, I love the queen so much. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a huge royalist. I'm not like particularly interested in the royals, other than like. When I was getting married, I will say WWKMD, what would Kate Middleton do, was absolutely sure. like my mantra. Otherwise, yeah. like, I'm not someone... And that's why I think it took me so long to find the show, because I was like, yeah, I don't really care about the Royals. Um, and then I was like a Queen Elizabeth stan through these first few seasons. I think, in hindsight, just because I love Claire Foy so much, I'm much more probably a Claire Foy stan. Um, and then, like, I felt bitter about the cast change, I'm not gonna lie, because Matt Smith and Claire Foy, like, they just have a piece of my heart. I know. And I, I, like, and especially for Claire Foy, like, she has the good fortune of like specifically playing a more likable version of the queen mm-hmm. who as you can see like I found it funny while rewatching watching past last night like season two like she's getting like she's getting a little harder she's getting like way more fed up which is totally fair but then it's going to jump with Olivia Coleman when she's like a much much harsher character and that made it hard for me to kind of identify with her characterization of the queen as much but to me that's the point it might be a little jarring in the in the casting change but the point of the show to me is like everyone's a victim of the system until they become the the system itself and then like perpetuate themselves which you're even more angry of them at them and I was with the queen when you're like no but you've been through it um so I think season one is very much like her victimhood within the system her trying to work it out trying to comply with it while losing parts of herself like how does she fit into it season two she's becoming like more adept at it um and definitely more irritated with everyone around her because they are questionably just the worst i don't know why her whole family like (laughs) the worst support system of all time and season three when she's played by olivia coleman it jumps to her i think like being the system and then you see like the new generation of like charles for example coming up and being victims to it so i like i miss claire foy and i felt and and it took me it it took me a while to the point where i feel like i never got over the casting change um especially for the queen so it's not olivia coleman's fault but i just i miss claire foy every day of my my life
3: that's Totally fair. I think like if there's yeah. anybody like I think if it's anybody other than Olivia Coleman, I'm like much more upset. Uh, just like yeah. just age up Claire Foy, let her play the queen forever. Uh, even I Matt Smith. So is yeah. incredible in this in this role as Philip Philip being like Amazing. somebody who like you talk about I think it's season 2 he's he's almost he's he by the end uh I I do quite adore him which is something I never thought I would Yeah about Philip Mountbatten like you know Prince yeah. Philip um yeah. but somehow I'm like yeah I'm endeared this is almost uh, like in the van of many of the shows that are on TV at thinking uh, of Succession I don't know if you're a Succession watcher I
1: plan to be in the it's, future
3: it's great but it's like you know kind of like bad people but then you're like every once in a while you're like oh but I think I feel bad for that like rich like billionaire you know <laughs> um, uh, and House of the Dragon very much I think has this energy I feel like there is something in the water I, I, and I actually uh, I think Mike Bloom called House of the Dragon uh, the crown meets succession meets Game of Thrones um, yeah so uh, but uh, to talk about Claire Foy I, I guess and Queen Elizabeth the second for a bit I think I was surprised going back at how much uh, there there is It's flashbacks um, with and I think probably this is um due to them wanting to make much more use of jared harris as king george uh uh, who i love i love jared harris a lot um yeah but this story really is about this young girl who is was never really supposed to be queen right uh uh, for many reasons yeah yeah for many reasons Uh, uh her father uh well her uncle abdicating the throne, um, uh, because he cannot marry this woman, uh, who is, uh, who is divorced. And, um, and so, uh, George takes over and then he, you know, he, he has two daughters. And so, um, Elizabeth becomes the queen. And I feel like so much of the beginning, uh, of the show is her trying to well I guess the beginning of the show is really like that happening right uh, because I believe it's is at it the end of the second episode um, yeah. that uh, George dies uh, mm-hmm. in his sleep she is on the trip uh, uh, with uh, with Philip um, uh, when they learn uh, I think the car is broken down I love that scene so much when like everybody is panicking <laughs> as George is dead and they're mm. in Kenya like on a safari uh, with a broken down car with like no way to uh, uh, you know let them know uh, it's really great but and and then, and so then sort of like sitting and trying to fill this this role and there's a lot of um commentary in the show about uh how England has never been good with kings but it's it's had great queens and is Elizabeth going to be able to be this great queen which like as we know as like viewers in 2022 like yeah she rules for 70 years uh she, obviously there's like tons of controversy, which is like the fuel for the show. Um, but she will have a successful reign, but it's like, how did that happen? How did she become when it seems so unlikely that she would ever be queen? Um, and she seems seems almost so unsure of herself.
1: Yeah, I mean, Elizabeth for me and Claire Foy's portrayal of Elizabeth, that's the reason I loved and loved the show. I found it was hard for me in the first couple of episodes to Really start to become invested. And I know people say, like, the show is slow and it definitely, like, ruminates on things. I don't think it's very slow because, I mean, like, the king dies very quickly. Like, the action is moving along at a quick pace. The reason that I felt it was quite difficult to get into at first was I was like, okay, well, I need someone to root for. Like, I know that there's a lot of shows about bad people and stuff, but like, I'm a sympathetic person. I need to know. Who my hero is and who i'm getting behind and everyone felt so unlikable (laughs) which Mm -hmm. i think is by design except the queen who to me was a bit too neutral she was a bit too stoic i didn't understand her as much and i'm like is this my hero and i soon found out that like absolutely yes like even within her subtlety she's like hugely worth rooting for one of my favorite parts of the first season as well is how in smaller ways which is the elizabeth way but like her passions come out her intelligence her strength and then even more um through the second season but that to me became like my centerpiece of why I'm so invested in the show. And it's in her journey and her trying to manage this like impossible role that no one seems to understand except her and like where her place is meant to be in it while managing again, this like God awful support system that she has and being so alone in that, which I think is kind of like the the storyline of the first two seasons and especially in her relationship with Philip and even with Margaret. So yeah, the queen as, as the chess like centerpiece and everything for me is why those first two seasons and especially that first season are so incredible and why I yeah really just identified with it from a storytelling perspective.
3: You know, I, I am a big like rule follower. I like rules and order and I like routine and I feel right. like, uh, <laughs> I feel like I can oh. rules. I can, feel, I do. That's why I like board games, Shannon. There's so yeah, many fair. rules, right. Uh, yeah. And like, yeah, you fall, you know, and so I feel like uh, Elizabeth is somebody who does like that, but also, I think in a similar way to me is also there's so many times, especially in season one and whether it's Churchill or Tommy LaSalle's who is, she'll, she'll go and she'd be like, well, actually I would like this person to meet my, like, you know, this is, I want him to have the job. Uh, And Tommy be like, well, actually like I'm retiring, but like, actually like, no, the next guy in line actually has to get it. Like you can't just pick the person you want. And so she's like pushing back on these, on the, like the way that the institution is she's still with like within the institution, like she can understand that, you know, and, and we could talk about like why I think the monarchy is so interesting and why um it still exists, you know, uh, so much of this uh when you look back and like, they're talking in the, in the fifties and sixties of like, do we, do we need this? Right. There's a whole episode about the article that is written about uh, uh her, and, and the need for a monarchy. And I think, you know, Churchill often voices this. Her mother often uh, uh, voices this idea that it's, it's there to sort of be like a, a calming presence over, <laughs> over Britain. Um, and so she's within that, but also trying to see, like, she, you know, where she can push and, and where they need to modernize, uh, you know, especially in a post-war, uh, a post-World War II uh, uh, era. Um, and I think that there's so many people around her that are pushing, like, way too much she's like no that's margaret that's like too much like you can't you can't marry peter townsend um but she it's not like she's she's not she doesn't just like completely conform to the system um but she is like moving down the rapids i think if that makes sense
1: I totally agree because that's what I see the show as is how you become the system. And I think in the first season, you see her heart when even when she has to do things for like the institution of it all, like tell Margaret you can't marry Peter Townsend, like you know what she wants to do. And what she wants to do is is allow that to happen. Like she says, like you're my sister and if that will make you happy, that's what she wants to do. But I think in this first season, we see the clash of that because she's finding her way around like what she has to do, what the protocols are. And then by like the second season, she's much more in tune with like, basically the role and the duty but I think like she's she's a very dutiful person and I think that she's dutiful and beautiful she's both things and I think that she she seems quite similar to her father like I kind of feel like King George would have been her person but like ironically being in the role means that he has to be gone so she kind of loses who would have been her like mentor in that way and I think that's what makes the church relationship all that more important but I think she kind of wants to honor him and then like honor the role she's been given, as much as she doesn't want it, and we see where those like clashes of duty come, and she kind of does acquiesce to all of them, really. Like you know, she she has to do that. And she becomes that figure, and then everyone's so mad at her for it. Like that's the thing that I, I never understood. Everyone's like, like, and it's not her. Like she doesn't even want to be in the role. She doesn't want to be doing these things, and she's always the bad guy for that. So again, it's it's in these relationships that I find it so interesting. Like a part of me is just like. Again, if someone who's not a royalist, like, it's about this, like, really dysfunctional family, but in this, like, very specific setting (laughs) of being, like, the crown. Um, And, yeah, I just find that really interesting, especially in the way that it clashes with Margaret, especially in in the extreme dualities between them. So, yeah, I think a lot of that first season is her, like, finding her feet, and they show that really well.
3: I actually love her relationship with Winston Churchill, because you you can see, like, when um, Churchill... Comes in, I think, for the first meeting and she offers him a drink. And he's like, Oh, no, no, like you never offer me a drink. Like, you don't want me to be like, I shouldn't be comfortable. We should be standing, like, we're yeah. this is all business, right? And so he's like teaching her these things that she didn't have anybody uh to, to teach him, which I wonder how much that is like, you know, th- th- that to me feels like where they can be the most fictionalized. Like you'd presume somebody was like, so you don't offer him a drink, you don't offer him to sit down, which mm-hmm. I do notice yes. that I don't know if this is a thing that she changed, but she, and maybe yeah I feel like they're sitting down often when she's like with Macmillan. um and uh, uh, Eden, I think, is the person who who uh, comes after uh, Churchill. Um he they're often sitting down together. So I wonder if that's a thing that she like changed um but the relationship with churchill and by the end of the of season one when she delivers the like a toast to churchill and like what he represents uh to 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 britain and he is like tearing up at like her speech is like this beautiful moment and i think their relationship and john lithgow is phenomenal in this role Mm -hmm. Um, i i I think a really fun casting choice Um, that whole episode where the paint where he's being painted is just yeah so good which you can get into that later but i do really love their relationship and yeah it's it's like almost like you know he's gone by the end of um by the end of uh season one i don't think he's in
1: is he in any of season two i can't remember um he, he has well i think he's in season three with olivia coleman at the very beginning oh of yes three from That's yeah. true. he's just not the prime minister uh he's dying. Yeah.
3: but um i yeah she, it's really she doesn't have a lot of people that she can like rely no. on. it's like all up to her right and it is all these other people who are like pushing way more than than she is
1: yeah i mean that That to me is the whole theme of the first few seasons like i watched the finale theme of season two where philip is like you have us all and she was like if only and i was like i could come yeah. to that in the, that screen right now philip yeah, and really. tell you what's what because if you think you've supported her through this through this monarchy you are absolutely insane but i think what's really interesting about the first season is that it's about her it coming into her own. And she's also like this young woman. She, she's like, she's like a, yeah. a young, a young married mother. Like she, but she's, so she's growing with that. Like she's growing into the role, but growing into the role also means growing into the system. Like it's a complicated right. thing because you should be kind of losing yourself to that. Cause that's the whole point, but she's also kind of learning herself, but then they kind of merging into what becomes like the crown. And then that's who she's going to be through the next two seasons. But I think it's really interesting because that duality for me is always, such a big part of me like rooting kind of against the monarchy because some things just seem so crazy but then always rooting for Elizabeth so like in her argument with Margaret about Peter Townsend you're like well I feel for Margaret like this is she's never even gonna be the monarch she can't marry a divorced man like I disagree with her but I'm also so irritated with her for putting so much on Elizabeth who's just trying to do what she needs to do where she has no choice either like she's also you're You're all victims of the system but you're making it seem like she's the system which at this point I don't believe is true like I think like later that'll become like kind of toxic and actually pretty cruel where like the queen is like in in the third and fourth season like putting her foot down on the system in a way was like I don't feel like has any empathy whereas I feel like her hands are so tied especially through this first season and it feels like she's one having to learn it too and she's struggling through it but then she just like to everyone else is like the villain in that Um, which I don't agree with so like my sympathy is always with Elizabeth and that is our hero even if I like disagree with what she's having to do, but I don't see it as her fault. So I think that that journey with her learning herself and coming to her own as queen is so interesting because it's who she is as a queen, but then it's also the fact that the whole crown is meant to be beyond her and is. So she's like losing a lot of her heart and her agency in doing that. I find that fascinating.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's not a Breaking Bad story, but it, but it almost like is in terms of the way that I think in this season, we're going to see um the the end season five is coming up we're going to see the end of the relationship of uh diana and 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 charles and then what ultimately happens unfortunately with diana's death and elizabeth will will there is a a way she sort of um amends in real life the way she amends the way that um uh they i think that they honor her in the way that like you know a, a princess would have been honored and she makes i think a speech about diana But she's so much more cold-hearted in those scenes than I feel like she is, or or, or I think she will be, than she, um, and and the way she is in season four, than she is with Margaret in these scenes. I'm thinking of um, when they tell Margaret and Peter, okay, Peter, we're going to send you away. Margaret, when you turn 25, you can marry the queen. And Elizabeth seems very genuine in saying, I think she is genuine, saying, I will support you when you do that. And the moment when Margaret turns 25 And I believe it's, I believe at this point it's Michael um, who is the senior deputy comes and tells it, well, yeah, but actually like, she still kind of has to like ask you and like, it still has to be approved by parliament and they'll never approve a marriage between Peter and Margaret. And it's like, Oh, that's really bad. And Elizabeth's like, why did you not tell me this before? I would have told like, she would have told Margaret that, but now she's made out to look like to be the worst sister in the world by making it seem like she purposely, you know screwed over margaret by like and just being intentionally mean of like making her wait however many years just to then say but actually still no uh it's really brutal and you can kind of see where like yeah she has to like sort of conform to the to the system and i do i do agree that she's so sympathetic because i that whole arc of margaret wanting to marry peter townsend and the way that elizabeth has to keep saying like I approve, but also not yet and then I approve, but actually no uh, it's really brutal and really strains their relationship as well,
1: yeah. I think you see a lot of the time how the crown has to be to come before all of her other relationships, which makes sense, but it feels like no one no <laughs> one is vibing with that and understanding that that's something that she would need to do. And like I understand that it's upsetting, but also, again it's it's not her fault and like someone like Philip like got into this relationship willingly and I know that they didn't think that she'd be queen so young but like he really whines about it for like two full seasons and I guess we'll get into that but like it to me another thing I find so interesting about these first two seasons and particularly the first season and this to me also really really brought me into this season was you see this like kind of contradictory thing between the fact that she's the most powerful woman in the world Mm -hmm. one of the most powerful people in the whole world ever in, in modern history and she's also not powerful at all Right. And it's in so many different ways. And that's one of the things I really, really loved about the first season. And, and that one of the things that brought me into it was like the, again, like how complex it was around her relationship with Philip and her being the queen. The fact that Philip doesn't want to be second in his marriage to the queen. He second like, you know, she's first to anyone, but he, he can't allow that. Like his flying needs to be as important as her being the queen. And those conversations around like, you've taken my name you've taken my home i was like the only man man
3: in britain who his children don't have his last name
1: yeah and he's 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 super insecure about that she did not marry a secure man who was like going to be okay with basically being like the arm candy of the most important woman in the world and then the scene that i think is so iconic that a lot of people might reference is the scene before the coronation where he doesn't want to kneel um to her and she's like you'll kneel before your queen and yeah your queen demands it and and um that to me is part of what is so so fascinating about these first season. Is like she is the most important person in the world, but she's also a married housewife in the 50s who is not right. an important person in any way. Um, she's also yeah, as a woman in the 50s, someone who never got an education because why would the Queen need an education? You know, um, she's someone who doesn't even have power in the crown itself because her opinions aren't meant to have to matter. Politicians are going above her head, underestimating her I think to to large degrees. Um, so I love that aspect. Of the show and I think the show is at its best when it's like basically a survey of like gender class and status and the fact that as a woman in the 50s she doesn't have a lot of it but then she's a very very high class woman and then she's also the queen so around politics education marriage she has nothing but then she's the queen of England Uh, I, I loved so many parts of that and I think her relationship with Philip and that power struggle through two seasons absolutely shows the fact that he tried to get into a power struggle with the queen. And in many times won because like he's her husband and it's the fifties and then the sixties.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I love, I love that analysis. Uh, you know, it's the idea that you can um, like, you can have privilege in some places and you don't have privilege in other places. Yeah, right. And so yeah, even exactly. though she's the that's queen uh, mm-hmm. uh, she has immense privilege. And then there's ways in which being a woman in the fifties means she has very little uh, privilege yes. in, in that, in that specific uh, sector. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, I you know, Philip is, you know, very complicated. Uh, yeah. I was not expecting that the show, like, by the. I just finished um, uh, season two, episode 10, where he has, like, the, the last scene of that episode is, you know, it's the combination, you, you mentioned the if only scene, where she's basically saying, like, uh, you know, I, I I need you. And he's saying, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm not out. She's, you know, I need you to tell me the truth about everything. We need to be in this together. And... Uh, it's the family portrait and he's he's the one who like yells at everybody to settle them down so that they can take the picture the family portrait and she has a small little grin and she puts her hand uh on his hand and it's it's really good and I'm like so yeah he- heck yeah yeah the two of them together and I'm like boy I never thought I'd be like rooting on <laughs> Prince Philip uh yeah. but here I am like I, I think that I think Matt Smith is just like incredible in this performance getting to watch on a on another show House of the Dragon each Sunday night has been really fun but boy he's so good here and I think, yeah, his struggle with being sort of, yeah, the the king consort, you know, the the, the prince uh, to to the queen, I think, is is really interesting, and the way he's trying to figure out how to find sort of like happiness and purpose and usefulness yeah. uh, in, in that whole thing. Uh, flying uh, is like the only uh, what is he the only air commander who doesn't know how to fly a, a plane. Uh, so he <laughs> goes and tries to, to learn uh, trying to get the you know the name uh, the children's name which I believe they actually now uh, I think years later and I don't know if this came up in season three or season four when I do my rewatch but I believe they actually the children are actually now Windsor Mount Ben's. Um, uh, so uh, at some point Elizabeth changes her mind actually. Um I'll on on that which maybe shows to like i don't know uh something i I guess it's a regression Mm -hmm. the fact that she (laughs) she initially was like they're gonna be windsors and now they're windsor mount but um yeah and the whole thing in season two he's like you know he's starting to party and he's sort of like hanging out with this this crowd for yeah it's very funny that it's like yeah it's like uh, almost like your child like you're hanging out with the wrong crowd like you know and he's being like i wasn't doing anything but like yeah i was also i was there you know i was hanging out with uh whoever this is uh the last episode he's uh the mystery man in the in the, in the papers. Uh, he's such a compelling uh, character. And I really, and, and their relationship I think is so, uh, it's in the moments where they actually seem to love each other. Uh, there's a very weird You're one. Where,
1: yeah.
3: There's one where, uh, at the very, when she's pregnant, I, I think it's the second last episode or the last episode. And, uh, uh, he says uh she's oh my hideous toes says, those are the second best things about you uh and they're like flirting you know like it's you know i don't know they could sometimes sort of be a very it is i think if uh,
1: my husband said my toes were the second best thing about me it would be divorce like that isn't really mean well, i don't want my toes to be a top 10 thing about me like no one really even sees them like yeah, what, but, then oh, his,
3: point. but then the thing that he likes best is actually kind of sexy it's just like yeah you're like you know <laughs> you're like uh there's two things that actually are my favorite thing about you so you know it's like you know he's like a weird guy from the 60s or whatever but like there's sometimes <laughs> yeah. their relationship is like cute i don't know and i was not expecting to like yeah be with them like be on board uh uh with mm. prince philip uh even even in my rewatch i kind of forgot how much i i really liked this portrayal by matt smith
1: yeah, it's interesting that you say they're like your children, like you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. I feel like so much of that is in the crown's incredible characterization where they're all so complex and like even when you're really, really angry at the characters who are like, again, largely really bad people. I mean, Philip is not a good person at all through these first two seasons in any way, but like you still love him and identify with him in ways, but then you're just really mad at him. And I think that's yes. just the way that they write characters. Um, so I think for me, season two is a philip-centric season it's always about the queen but like the queen really has season one and then season two is about philip and very much about their relationship and for me these first two seasons if, if i was to say like what's the one major plot line to take i would say philip and elizabeth um and i think in that finale scene where they have that argument so much of it comes back like in the third episode of the second season they talk about being in but it's like they have to be in because they can't get divorced. So it's like a contract. It's like a business arrangement where she gives him like the title of Prince. And that's why he's, he's in, in, in terms oh, yeah. of that. But that episode because- is wild
3: where he, he, yeah, he gets made uh, a is So because he just looks yeah. like when they put him in all of the stuff and he, it's just Matt Smith. He just looks, looks like such a weasel being like, okay, I'm happy now. I have a big crown and a big cloak.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Just, I look all he wants is like status and respect. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's, a, it's a business transaction between them at that point. And, and and their marriage in many ways through large parts of that second season when it's at its worst is a transaction. Like, even when it's getting a bit better and then they have, like, kind of the fallout around Charles' school, he threatens her with divorce. And he's, like, right. basically, like, that's what would happen to the crown. And it's not even about their relationship. So you see, like, the business aspect of that. Then in the finale, and I think, like, from, from memory and, like, kind of parts I rewatched, like, there's a small progression around their relationship from that scene in episode three where like the, he has a like, kind of a nice speech about like finding like the, what well, the treasure in like the rough in their 10 year anniversary. And then oh, like, yeah. they kind of like, they they agree or like they're on similar sides of like certain issues. They do have like that really bad child thing, but then coming to like episode 10, it, it's been a very, very small progression I feel, but then coming to episode 10 when it's all about like the mystery man. And if he's involved in this whole scandal, um, he says he's in because he wants to be. And I think that that's the resolution to all of this. And so many things come back. Like from the beginning of the series, he's talking about how she's his duty, which is what king george told him from the very beginning which he did terribly at by the way like a couple of he sat there and looked him in the eye and said he was going to do that he couldn't have been worse at that job but anyway at this point he's like you're my duty and he's in because he wants to be not because he has to be that comes in again um you know the stuff like with the ballerina comes in from the very beginning of the season and he kneels before her which obviously had been like such a major component of their early issues around power and status and the power struggle between them and he he willingly kneels before her in that moment and to me that's the resolution to these whole two seasons whereas if this was a TV show in and of itself Mm -hmm. that would be the resolution to that and when he stands up at the photo shoot and yells for everyone to be quiet and she takes his hand I was like now you're a team which she's never had. I think her solitude is like a major theme of those first two seasons. So them becoming that team and growing into it, which I think plays out through the third and fourth season. I mean, Philip's always going to be kind of searching for meaning. It probably would have needed like a large amount of therapy if that had been more normalized in Mm -hmm. these times. But I think for me, that's the resolution. And that's why as much as I was really... (laughs) really confronted by the casting change and never got over it. As much as I love Matt Smith, I understood it most with Philip because I kind of felt mm. like, this is new Philip. Like we resolved that. I think that was a phase of his life. And now he's this new person. And I actually kind of buy that. Whereas for everyone else, I don't feel like they were in like a dramatic new new time or new era that would necessitate this like vast jump to being played by a different person. But I got it for Philip. And I think that his journey in that and their resolution as a couple in that. And just the struggles that they have with it is again like one of the most important parts of these first two seasons.
3: I, t- I totally agree that yeah it's re- it yeah it's it's a really good like two season arc um, um, for for Phillips and, and and like his relationship with uh, Elizabeth. Um, we haven't talked much about Margaret. Chat about Margaret. Yeah. I mean mostly Margaret's. Uh... We
2: took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember, hot, and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What
1: will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
3: Uh, two season arc is like about love (laughs) and and how she's not allowed to have it essentially uh uh, her relationship with peter townsend uh, which ultimately ends in her being unable to marry peter townsend uh and and then uh season two being a fair bit about uh uh boy tony yeah yeah um and boy that one is so tragic i feel like in season two because it like feels so good at first and this is exactly what elizabeth says to her like you get blinded by by love um and by you know even by the time they're married i think it's the night that uh, elizabeth throws them a a party a celebration party for their yes engagement. i love that scene yeah uh she the the other girl that he's with uh says that tells her that uh, she's she's pregnant um I, and also philip is really great in that scene he's like they were oh, so mad God. about that's, me yeah
1: yeah, yeah. that's yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the whole series like philip is like randomly like some great comic relief sometimes and that rant like i'll just watch it sometimes he's like about how he was such like a like a bad thing for the monarchy and that was that was so recently and now this guy's come in and like (laughs) my great great grandmother was queen victoria and like he's at his most like Uh, just like so bitter about it um oh that's just like an all-time great rant i feel from philip
3: it's so good but uh yeah that's mostly like margaret's story through two seasons is like trying to just find love and be happy and I, I think very interestingly uh, watching a lot of shows where we're talking about like the second son who is uh, you know often like in in these like uh, the second son being the yeah. one who like doesn't inherit the titles Margaret is the second daughter so like an interesting thing and again both of both of them in this situation um, where they didn't really expect like his little kids to, to have to you know that they would uh, be queen and then there's also this storyline here Elizabeth I think she says this to Jackie Kennedy and they both talk about how both of their sisters would have would have would be more happy. In the role, they'd be better in the role. Uh, I think Elizabeth says Margaret was born to be a queen, Um, and and you know I don't know if that's that's true necessarily, Uh, uh, but she's certainly you know trying to figure out who she is and what her role is. I I think all of them are trying to figure out like what it means to basically be a monarch, you know. Uh, But Margaret's story, yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean that duality as I've said duality so many times, but I feel like that's a lot of the point of the series. It's something that i absolutely love between margaret and elizabeth and it's something that really drew me to the show as well because i feel that um another thing that i, I really love about the show is how it can show again like it's, it's kind of this like really um like this functional family in this very specific setting and i feel like it can show these universal relationships again in these like very specific ways and like yeah. siblings who are really really different i even think they say like born so close together that they kind of fill in the absences of each other mm. siblings that are so different so oppositional then really jealous of each other i mean that's a as old as time. Like I think anyone could point to sibling relationships they've seen in their own life that are very similar to like, to the point where they're fighting about who was like, or like argue- well, not really arguing, but Margaret says like she was their dad's favorite. Just that's in right. the situation, the dad is the king and there's like the importance to that. So the oppositional nature between them, I think is something that I really love about the show. Uh, and then it is the air and spare dichotomy as well that they even talk about in later seasons is like, a really big part of like every generation of the monarchy about like mm-hmm. like the the person who ends up getting it. Like Edward has it abdicates um to George and they're like very, very different in and of themselves. People could probably say the same about like William and Harry, like, you know, and who should mm-hmm. be monarch in that. And it's yeah. like, these dichotomies between someone with maybe like a lot of personality and someone who's more dutiful. And like I think what it shows a lot about this is that a lot of people think they'd be the better ruler or monarch because they're a bigger personality probably margaret and philip for example they're like more big bold brash leaders which is exactly what the monarchy doesn't need right like they say they, they tend to not get it the monarchy wants someone that it can be bigger than like the monarchy has to be bigger than the monarch and it has to be someone who's willing to conform to those ideals because it's really about the system and not them so while it seems like margaret would be you know a better queen and it seems like she would love it she'd probably hate it she probably would have abdicated like yeah, 100%. She, she could like, she would have been like way too individual for the system and that's why elizabeth is perfect for it it's just something that again like in their bitterness around the fact that she's been the one with the role a role that she desperately doesn't want like it's even too much for elizabeth who's like quite a neutral person so they philip would have struggled like margaret would have struggled and they don't seem to understand and they're just so jealous in that so i think that's another really interesting part of their relationship and then also i think as it just kind of gets worse I mean it 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 gets way better in later seasons and I feel like we kind of miss parts of that and Callie kind of become close as like older women and mothers in their own right and just kind of like that later in life closeness but in this way I feel like after the Peter Townsend thing um that Margaret's very angry and very out and it it is hard to see that if she was ever going to be happy it kind of does feel like it would have been with Peter Townsend because he was kind of just like more yeah. stable in that, and almost, it almost like weirdly like paternal, but like could take care of her. And she needs that stability. And then so much of her later mistakes or wrong decisions are kind of just prompted by how painful that was and how it went. And she seems to just kind of never get over it from what Elizabeth did. Elizabeth, for her part, is I think always trying to help where she can. Like, I think when she's giving the advice about Tony, like it is rooted in A, like there's the crown stuff for sure, but then there's like, the big piece of stuff in the real care.
3: She has just found out like this is the complicated thing that she she has information that is that is she she what she is telling Margaret is good advice based on the information she knows. She also knows it because like Michael went and got secret information, right? Like sent a spy to go look at <laughs> look at Tony. Yeah. And like it's a thing of like uh she obviously doesn't trust when she's sitting at the party and she's watching Tony, she can like read it and she's like, Oh, I know I can't trust him. So I need to dig in. I need to like look for the dirt. And like, I'm, I'm right that the dirt's there, but also like the fact that you had to go look for the dirt in the first, it gets like complicated, right? Yeah, Um, It's very
1: complicated. I mean, but also there's the fact that like it's in the middle of her like long-term did Philip cheat storyline and she's the one giving out the advice. I mean, I, and I think the show does that masterfully and never saying that he did or didn't because i think that if you would outwardly state things you'd get to the point where it's like historically inaccurate based on what we know but they do a good job of like letting you read between the lines and it being kind of vague and you can take from that what you will which is probably pretty true of history with philip as well so yep. in the middle of all that she's talking about like tony's indiscretions which are in ways at least knowingly more extreme i mean he's like fathered another child as an example that's like a big thing but um it's still kind of hypocritical within that but I think that she is actually caring she she does care for Margaret the issue is that a lot of those cares and making the right decisions and like how she can kind of reach out a hand as a big sister also conflate with what she would think is the crown because you don't want your sister to marry this like layabout adulterer as much as you have as the queen but like that's not what you would want and I think that Margaret never takes anything at face value at the point where she feels so burned by Elizabeth she thinks everything is coming in with like and probably a lot of jealousy around her being the queen as well but like everything's coming in with this agenda of the crown and that's probably partly true but i think like largely motivated by elizabeth's genuine care um and they just like can't get past that in these first couple of seasons but, it, but everything in the contrast of them i think is it is shown like the the push into modernity into the 60s is very much run by margaret and elizabeth is shown as like oppositional to that. That's probably also shown like with Jackie Kennedy, for example. Mm-hmm. So in, in every way they are like the air spare, um, you know, pride and joy duality and I think it probably reflects in a very extreme and very cool way historical way of these like two royal sisters but it probably does reflect what people have seen in their own lives around just like complicated sibling relationships
3: oh it uh, rings many bells for my family uh (laughs) celebrated canadian thanksgiving i was with all my family uh i think also there's the the piece too that margaret would make a good uh queen but also she's in the same situation that essentially edward is in in which she would like to marry a man who is is divorced and the the the, like thing that they're trying to hold on to is the fact that uh it was peter's wife who cheated on him uh so i can't remember if that's true or if that's just what they're trying to say in order to make it so that like the divorce is a little bit more like palatable in terms of like it probably like maybe being approved for margaret even though that's not the case but there's this really the scene again i think it's really powerful scene it's like a few like a day or like a few days after the baby is born because they can't announce the engagement Yeah, yeah between tony and margaret while the baby uh until the baby is born nothing official can be announced and uh uh and uh and when they're sitting down and talking so it's a it's first that she comes immediately the day of is just like so can i get engaged <laughs> get yeah engaged she's now?
1: like okay oh, baby like yeah. she for a second i mean look it mm. is prince andrew so like i, who can uh, blame I think it's,
3: it's edward right no <laughs> oh, that one's
1: it? andrew and then she has edward in the finale
3: in the finale uh so that yeah oh yeah because she does say we're gonna name him andrew yeah that's true yeah uh and um so that scene and she's, she's, I can't remember what she says, but I remember Elizabeth is saying something like, yeah, but you, you won't give up your title, Like you, you wouldn't give up any of this. Like yes. you were offered the choice. Like when, if you wanted to marry Peter, you actually could have done it. Um, but you had to give up your titles and your claims and all that stuff. And you, you basically you chose not to essentially. um, And you're going to, and the same thing will happen here. Like you're, you're, you know um, you know, if something was to come up, you're not going to give up your titles. And I think that there's something to that. Like I, you know why does she why does she have to there's a thing that we always say uh me and the succession crew like uh, all these people who are trying the show is about like someone succeeding into uh, essentially to run a company and the company's awful it's like a fox like news essentially like conglomerate and we're always like the best thing to do would be to leave because all these people are like well if i was in charge i would change things from the inside like well you could just leave and not do any of this you could not be a part of like the system mm. but from margaret's point like why does she have? Why does she have to do that? Like it's the system that's messed up. It's not. Uh, it's not her. Uh, you know. I. I do think it's. You know, the idea that she would have been probably happier with Peter Townsend. Um. I think. I think is probably as as true. Yes, yeah, happy yeah. as you can be.
1: Yeah. You always wonder for Margaret, like how happy she could have been, and definitely something she thinks about her own happiness are like actively wrong. I think it made sense with peter townsend but yeah i would be happy if i was the queen like you'd be miserable you you we've seen it it was edward like you that's that's the 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 same way that we have these oppositional siblings the generation before we have it with them and yeah in terms of like her leaving or anything like that uh, firstly i think like it is such an interesting look at how quick history changes where like even like the non-heir to the throne or not even like the monarch can't marry a divorced person now like our king which is still kind of weird to say is like you know divorced and married to a divorcee and like that's such a big part and like they're progressing through that in these seasons as well um but but margaret definitely through the whole series that we've seen is like tormented by her role Mm -hmm. in being always in elizabeth's shadow in in like all of the protocols and stuff that she just like can't follow like every part of it tortures her but it's nothing she could ever lose because she's like basically like a lady of leisure and she's this like fun party princess who like has everything that she wants. And like, no, she's not someone who's going to throw it all away for love. Like she, she does make an active choice, even within like a very broken system. And I did think it was interesting that Elizabeth would hold that over her head because it was extremely aware, which is something like Elizabeth has and Margaret doesn't, which was like, well, you can't keep like holding me hostage over, these decisions when you had other choices too that you made like i know that right. you were probably between a rock and a half place but you still made those choices um so like it's kind of interesting when elizabeth has a little bit of that bite to her because usually she'll just kind of let margaret be like so mean to her and margaret will like like margaret wants to hurt her because margaret hates everything she has so margaret will be like wow it's amazing that you're so invisible when you're like yeah the queen oh yeah like what an what an achievement like margaret like you know like i was his joy like but i was his joy like i was his favorite like she comes with a jugular and a lot of the time Elizabeth isn't going to be that person, but like she can read her like a book. So yeah, a lot of those scenes between them are some of my favorite as well.
3: That is where that, uh, that line when she says, yeah, it's amazing. that Like what an achievement that you could have been so invisible while wearing the crown, I think. Um, And, and then Elizabeth, <laughs> like, you know, that's the most pushing back she's been and we talked a little bit about this before that i i do think that um you know we're talking a lot about like when the person eventually becomes the system and i to me it's like you're re-watching and i kind of like forgot how much we we get like elizabeth there by the almost the end of season two i think i'm with you that it's really season three and season four when olivia coleman is in the role that will really get like queen elizabeth as sort of the queen elizabeth that like i knew her as um
1: and it, yes. i've ever known her to be but yeah right
3: um and then uh and philip certainly gets there by the end of uh a season two i feel like starting to like sort of be in his his role in his place and be sort of you know an actual grown-up um
1: <laughs> takes <some> him a while <laughs>
3: Yeah, should we talk about Ed- Edward a little bit? I think he's an, a very interesting uh, character. When I say interesting, obviously evil, he's obviously a Nazi. So yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, his story basically, yeah. like the, you know, I think it's episode three that we sort of get the idea, because it's the episode where she, you know, uh, she her father is dead. So she, now she's going to be on the queen. And how did that kind of happen? Uh, that's the episode titled Windsor, uh, where we're going to like really dive into like why he abdicated. We had we not really gotten into that that much in the first two episodes. Um, there's also the episode in season two where he requests to be able to to resume duties and this is where all of the uh the information comes out that he yeah. he was part of edwards you know, is a
1: nazi episode yeah
3: yep potentially part of this <laughs> plot to like be reinstated uh, uh as king should like germany be able to take over uh, uh england and he's essentially uh, told this is where i feel like she's she's i mean She's saying no to a Nazi, so I, I'm going to like it. But she's like, no, like no, you betrayed the country. be uh, mad about it. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to yeah. come back. Uh, you're done. And that's essentially like the last we see him in season two. At least I don't remember if he how much he shows up uh, further than that. But um, yeah, he's he's in it
1: in the later seasons. and his relationship with Charles is a focus in like his right. later later years. Yeah. Right.
3: Um. But yeah, uh, Edward. Uh. Yeah. Inter- yeah. Again, an interesting character. This guy like chooses to you know uh, abdicate the throne for love. Um, yeah yeah um, uh yeah but then also turns out to be just an awful awful dude that's very good he was not the king <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah yeah like well, well when, when one of my favorite things about the crown is I feel like it makes me smarter and that it's like a good jumping off point for history and then I'll do like my mm-hmm. own research but yes. it is funny with the stuff is that like it'll end up with me just googling like was Edward really a Nazi and that's why I'm just like, googling, like where like where the, the truth was and there was obviously like historical accuracies with like on what he was doing the,
3: the fact that yeah. i have the show in two days is impressive because my typical way of watching the crown is like watching pause google, unpause, exactly, google pause Google,
1: exactly yeah. and like uh-huh. the, 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 then you get into like oh like that's like a historical spoiler so like you're trying to I know like, i know yeah because yeah. i'm like oh i didn't know that exactly was gonna happen um so mm-hmm. yeah so it's an interesting way watching it through that but yeah i mean the edward thing is so fun because it's just like really an interesting thing that happened in history like he Agreed. advocated for love it must have been such a scandal like so much of the time i was thinking like wow imagine if that happened now like that would be so scandalous so i really enjoyed that part i feel like i hugely connected with the edward character maybe it was because later he is a nazi but um i also think that that stuff i I really liked how universal that felt just like extended family that you don't necessarily get along with and like but i think what I, i probably didn't like him from the beginning before the nazi stuff was because he was like being like really really mean about his like young nieces like yeah you know like calling them names and everything like that and I know that it, like it's complicated like what, what I do really enjoy about that storyline is again the crown does it so well in all of its layers and complexity but it's like he loves it and he misses it but also like he, he has to hate it like he has to push away from it and like the way that he struggles with that is I think a really good part of that but I, I enjoyed learning more about it, and every single time they flash back to it I was like oh this is so interesting because it's like probably one of the most interesting things that's happened to the royals in recent history
3: yeah, you know what the scene I love is when uh, they they have lunch together, and he she says you never apologize. He says, "What do you mean? I apologized. I wrote a letter. I apologized to your dad. You never apologized to me." And she's and then it's like a pause. And he doesn't say anything, and she says, "Oh, you didn't think I was deserving of one." uh I just I just love that. Mm. Uh, I, I love that scene. Uh, I have a filmer who like. So he was never really apologized for it. And it's that same thing. Cause it's like, they did something that was like, you know, we still talk and we hate it, whatever. But there's this thing of like, um, when you never really just acknowledge that, like you made my life a little bit harder. It is, it is hard, right. And And it's like, I could see how even he might think, well, you got to be queen, but he more than anybody should know what a, like th- that is a, a a burden and again like a, you know put everything in context if you're listening listener to be like uh, you know yes being the queen probably also c- it comes with great many things but also yeah it's like you know Happy personal burdens that she yeah. yeah that she had to face uh uh in in her life uh well also you know to put the asterisks like being complicit and like you know you know uh the imperial system or whatever the royals, you know yeah, right? colonization yeah. yeah so yeah um but like yeah she's just like you never apologize to me um and i think that's like really fascinating and again that comes into like i think the gender stuff of i think him think again he like he just like doesn't mm. think of her right like he's like yeah uh you're like this like Braddy girl right like and and so i i just love that scene in particular and it does again it feels like a moment where she has confidence that we that uh through the first two seasons we don't often see her have as much confidence as she does when she's talking to uh edward i love that scene
1: yeah and i feel like that's where we get like the edward margaret comparisons where he's like you get to be queen and that jealousy there and it's like no but you you would have hated it you literally yeah. abdicated because of parts of it um right. but then there are other parts that he probably thinks he would have really enjoyed in being a leader because he is that more alpha character it's really all between like these alpha beta characters um but then again like they put everything on edward like you're yeah that's true. we're all in this position that like my whole life is because you made that choice and they're so angry at it and it's probably quite similar to ways like things are put on elizabeth when it's not hugely her fault like blame the system for the fact that Edward had to abdicate in that position and he just gets all the blame as an individual who was up against an impossible situation so like I I, I, again I do sympathize with parts of that for the Nazi like but but also for someone who had those ties but um yeah at the end of the day he you know I don't know he had to abdicate in that, in that position and i because like,
3: she was divorced like right like in 20s, we're like well, yeah like is, it's, what it's, what it's like like how person? you put yeah. in
1: so much on him for that because he wanted to marry divorce like, and it was and like they actually seem to have like a real true love as well like yeah who can, like who can really criticize yeah. um but yeah i'm just saying i i, I probably need to watch more of like there were some episodes where i'm like oh, i really remember like enjoying that so much um or being really interested in that and like the, the ones where he like the world war ii episode of Edward is one that I like. Probably need to go back to, but I think that there's like a lot of gray around that as well. I mean, like he was doing things that weren't great, but then you like look at like a lot of the the Nazi stuff in that as like the fact that like Philip's whole family, and then I had to Google, like, yeah, but Philip's whole family really nazi <laughs> like, Well, I like think it's in
3: episode yeah. one when they get married it uh, could be episode two, Churchill is like complaining that like all of his sisters are married to Nazis. And then in episode yeah. season two, episode nine is when we yeah. get it's, they're doing the comparisons between Charles's education at a public school and, 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 um, and Philip's upbringing. And there's a scene where like uh, his sister takes him off the school and his dad like gives him a hug. And he's in, like, a Nazi outfit, Who's like, a, that's a character we see on the show. A bunch is like a, a, a Mountbatten. Um, So yeah, it's like, yeah it's all like
1: yeah, yeah i think they're all interconnected yeah, I mean,
3: and whatever you know very yeah.
1: much like that th- it was like nazi stuff i think in that whole funeral and uh, the sister says like hitler needs more soldiers and it was like yeah it was all of his sisters were like german princesses who were married to like german officers who were yep. nazis so yeah it was probably a little bit of hypocrisy in that. i mean like not that edward yeah. wasn't doing stuff but like she's so angry about it and look philip like fought on the right side of world war ii as well but there's like some like uncomfortable gray area around 100%. All yeah. of this, um and then yeah, it all comes down to be beyond any of that, which I don't think would have necessarily sent him out of being king like that wouldn't have been the issue like the issue was right. that he wanted to marry a divorcee and isn't w- that wild? yeah, it wouldn't have been just...
3: the Nazi stuff as much <laughs> yeah. as the, like yeah. the religious divorcee, divorcee stuff yeah. yeah. Um, maybe it's a good way, because I feel like we've talked about most of the main characters, but maybe hitting any of the other ones, uh, if there's any like, specific episode standouts. One episode that I really love is I love uh, it's Assassins. It's uh, the penultimate episode of season one. This is uh, There's uh, sort of two storylines. One is about uh, Porchy. Uh, which is uh, what a hilarious name who's the uh, horse racing manager uh, and and Elizabeth sort of imagining what her life might have been like if she married Porchy uh, instead of marrying uh, Philip but also the big episode of that storyline is uh, Churchill getting uh, the portrait done by Graham Sutherland which he uh, notoriously like burned and threw out after it was uh, revealed but I love Graham Sutherland like sitting and painting him uh, the, the, the pond thing of like why do you draw the pond so much and he's like I don't know I just draw the pond it's like no, but like, I think there's a lot more to it. And then he like eventually tells the story that like he went and looked at the pond after his daughter uh, uh, yeah. died very young. And like he, like they say in the after thing that he like continued to paint the pond for like the rest of his life. Uh, it's the also the episode where Churchill resigns uh, Eden takes over and Elizabeth gives the, the toast to him. I just, I, I love that uh, character examination of, of Winston Churchill in that episode.
1: Oh, so much. Because that is, again, what we're trying to do here. We're trying to provide personal context to historical figures. Like, who would have thought that you would really be sympathizing so much with Winston Churchill from a character perspective, from a person perspective, and, like, really getting that smaller, well, not smaller, but, like, much more personal side of him and hearing, like about the death of his daughter and it is massively portrayed and I think like a really beautiful kind of end through that season to his arc on the show so yeah that was one of my favorite episodes as well like to the point where like if you had told me before like this is going to be a very much like before I ever watched this is going to be like a Winston Churchill centric episode I would have been like oh that sounds a little boring but like it's not because like it's so amazingly well written and his character is amazing in that and I definitely think I mean I think they do really well with I don't know if it's like because I I'm like someone who is going to give sympathy to the characters, but I think they do really well at kind of like humanizing all of the prime ministers in ways that like I agree. you at least feel sorry for all of them at certain points or like he didn't care about them. the shadow them.
3: of Churchill, Macmillan having a wife who's like cheating on yeah, him he just knows McMillan. he can't let it go. he can't say anything yeah. because it would ruin his political reputation like yeah they are they all do make these like old white men very sympathetic
1: <laughs> exactly yeah like you you care about all of them in different ways and i think i mean, churchill more than anyone like that's obviously like the most like prominent prime minister that i mean like i think from like a global history perspective i don't know if that's like an uneducated thing to say but like that's like the name that sticks out and then you yeah. see like him at his like most human um again beautifully acted beautifully written and i think the portrait was a really really great way to do that
3: uh any episodes that stand out to you like, we were kind of joking before that there's like oh yeah there's the like i would say like there's the churchill portrait episode there's the edwards and nazi episode there's like yeah. this episode. I, I feel like the episodes often do like the uh the, the cold open is like okay this is what this one's gonna be about and then we get the cold open and then we watch the episode and, and google along the way but yeah anything else that stands out to you any particular episodes
1: well that's what i was saying about the crown is i often feel like each episode could almost have been like a mini movie like there are like long evolving storylines like margaret's relationships and we've seen like the long storylines of the way that it's resolved later with Philip and and Elizabeth being like the main storyline through that and obviously there's these like long-term storylines but like you can kind of see how this would be like this is the mini movie where Queen Elizabeth deals with blank or where they do a portrait of Winston Churchill or something like and that could stand on its own and that's something that I really enjoy about the show as well Uh, I kind of feel like for me in looking back at it, um, the first season, one of my favorite seasons of television, and that like latter half is just like hit after hit, like pretty much perfect TV. Um, I think from like season five onwards and like it is, it's like, well, this is like to me, like the Elizabeth education episode. And like, again, like going mm-hmm. the go with that. Um, and then season two, I felt was like a little bit less memorable to me. Just like there were some things that I, I hadn't retained as much, um, but I think still very enjoyable. I kind of feel like for me, the Kennedy episode in in my memory wasn't it was wasn't one of my favorites. Now, I did not not enjoy it. There's only one episode in the whole crown that I didn't like, and that's coming up in, in a later season. Um, but uh, I kind of remember seeing it as like a little bit forced in like this. Oh, this will be interesting. Like we'll do the Kennedys. We're like, did we really need to do that? And was it like so well portrayed? It seemed to me like a little over dramatic in, in things that were shown. But what I remember really enjoying about that was, again, to use like the magic word, but the duality between like Jackie Kennedy and... Elizabeth and then being two like strong women but also powerless women in different ways like we see it with in, in Jackie's own marriage and stuff so like powerful and powerless women and like kind of the contrast and competition in that and the similarities in that I really enjoyed but I still think that was one that I I didn't love as much and then there was the um the article episode where mm-hmm. Elizabeth kind of gives a very tone-deaf speech about, like, you know, <laughs> the working people and how, like... There's also a
3: Toffee Guy in that episode who I love as well, who, like, gets has to go to the dentist because he gets Toffee stuck in yeah. his
1: teeth. Yeah, <laughs> Toffee Guy. Yeah, no, like, yeah. how monotonous their life is and everything. And then that episode I really remember because it's, again, one of the things the Crown does the best in... Simple, like, they are the best thing, and there's a lot of the stuff in the, in the later seasons as well, but, like, they're amazing at introducing one-episode characters that you, like... Become yes. very invested in because they're complex like by the end like at first i was so mad at what you're calling was is toffee guy is that it like john greg is he he's the one he's he's the day yeah. for that like yeah yeah, yeah. so like at yeah. first you're like hey stay away from elizabeth like this yeah. is our person she's going through yeah. so much he's he an anti-monarchist
3: he's like yeah he does yeah. it and that's an episode they do a thing where they the beginning of the episode is like he gets punched in the face and then they like flash back and like how did that happen how did this guy get punched in the face which yeah. the, i feel like the crown doesn't normally do but yeah.
1: yeah well that's what's so hard is also like, i agree with so much of what he's saying but i hate that he's like I know. He's elizabeth right because i love she's our hero and then like even like they come to a resolution of that like at first he's very much the bad guy and then like you sympathize with him at a point that you could be bad at elizabeth for how she's not kind of understanding how people would feel like it's just such a good show in helping you see kind of the gray in different characters, even if history has told you that they're major villains, which might be true, even if they're meant to be our heroes, they can still do the wrong thing. You can still chastise them for that. Like they're really just even one episode characters or short term characters, like people that you can care about and pity and then be like, be angry at. And I think that that episode did that really, really well. And it was also an episode about like public scrutiny and stuff, which I think is something that is very interesting when it comes to the monarchy and also Mm -hmm you know, just, like, dealing with criticism, just a universal thing that can be really difficult. So all of that works in. And I also think, like, the, um, the way the monarchy is received and, like, them trying to protect it, that becomes, like, a bigger theme as well. So it ties up all of those things. So these episodes are doing... A lot in the time that they have, really, really well.
3: I like the. I think it's Act of God is the, the smog episode. I think it's just yeah. a beautifully like it's beautiful for an episode that's mostly obscured by fog. Uh, it's yeah. Where uh, Churchill's secretary gets killed in the double decker yeah. bus, and he makes the the speech um, about long term like approach to, to smog, which which this all sounds so boring. If I was to tell you, <laughs> Churchill Churchill makes a speech promising a long term approach episode. to prevent smog, and therefore. Uh, 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 Convinces Eden not to open up a vote of no confidence. Wow, thrilling! Uh, but it is thrilling. Uh, it's so good. Uh, I really, yeah, I like I like that episode a lot. Also, the episode where the Soviet Union—this is a like the, the Churchill has many stro- strokes episode, where they keep he's like sick in bed and they keep trying to be like covering it up. And then I believe that's also the episode where she's trying to choose whether she's going. She wants to have Martin as her senior deputy instead of Michael and uh she she calls in somebody to like get a character assessment on Martin and he accidentally tells her that like <laughs> Churchill has had a stroke um mm-hmm. which is like almost seems like a sitcom discommunication moment which is very silly mm-hmm. but like I don't know in this show it just works so well um and this is not a full episode but a moment I really love is when uh uh Elizabeth gets a new haircut and Matt Smith is on the train mm-hmm. and and <laughs> it's like yeah. uh like making fun of her for it like being like i thought the point of me was to that we would have more children and like, he's like oh uh, <laughs> that's okay if you take up motorcycling you can you can you don't have to wear a helmet <laughs> like he's like he's so mean but it's like she's smiling at the same time like she, you know they're like he's like teasing her yeah,
1: i don't well, know why is she smiling why is he so mean to her he's too bad in every <laughs> other aspect of the marriage to also be like he's sort of uh, flirting to be like, her down which is something to I be don't teasing. Really love anyway. yeah yeah like, you, you can tease if you want but like be a better husband and then, it's, like, have that be the core of your... Like, they, there's, there's too many negative yeah, things. Fair but, and then then But then it's the duality with Margaret again because she gets, like, a really nice haircut because she's, like, this modern, like, glamorous lady of the world and, like, Elizabeth yeah. is going to, like, become... Like, well, she's, like, the mother and she's the queen and she's, like, the boring old person. Like, that's who she's meant to be. But it's, like, this is Claire Foy. Like, she's so beautiful and, like, it doesn't yeah. really work. But, like, that's how they perceive themselves probably and each other so then it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy but like no. the, the, the smog episode i think is a good indication of kind of like what the crown will do around like kind of adding these narratives into like points of history because like the smog thing really happened but then they add in this like fictionalized secretary to again like add that really like human aspect for like why churchill would change tact and like how that will contribute to his evolving relationship with elizabeth when she like keeps him on as prime minister so it's again like it, it's like still a netflix show like it's still this dramatization where they'll like put in this like character or plot device to make it make sense to us narratively um and then it'll be like in this historical context and it will just kind of like yeah. and they'll do it more even in thinking future seasons of like how do we kind of cut this down or make it make sense as like a focal point where something's happened over like months or years like you know we have to make it make sense as like a tv narrative um but i think if we're talking about um characters i think like starting to introduce at the end of the second season charles and yes. how a lot of i mean like even like a lot of philip's insecurities and power issues and will like extend to charles early early on um like about how big like, charles is the end of the throne and like how philip is so insecure in that then it comes down to like he's also this power struggle with like elizabeth and how he'll be raised and how he'll be sent to school so like mm-hmm. charles is getting very much like caught up in Philip's insecurities that will definitely start to manifest a lot later in, in the later seasons when Charles is obviously an adult and becomes like a bigger part of it. But we definitely see that in that penultimate episode of season two really, really drives home or flies home. Should I say the like Philip centric season of it all, where we go back to Philip's childhood kind of understand why he's part of who, like why, why he would do any of this stuff. And then like his relationship with Charles where he's yelling at Charles not to be weak, because he's scared of the plane and he's like it's just air but he's also telling the story of how his sister like tragically died on this plane which again i had to go like did she really but she like that really all happened mm-hmm. um and like you you got to put a lot of blame on philip for that but then you sympathize because like I know. that looks I know. like a really hard childhood you know like like it looks like it was really tough so yeah, yeah like that episode is like a philip character study and then what's gonna end up being charles i think Great uh yeah. there.
3: Yeah, the idea of like all these like things that I, and then and and then creating these like historical events. I, I the House of the Dragon, not spoil House of the Dragon, but the show is also doing this like sort it. of um, jumping through time thing where they're stopping mm-hmm. down. I think some people are struggling with like, yeah, but wouldn't they have all these conversations in, in the in between time? And the Crown is trying to do that too, where I feel like you know they want to pick these moments of things that happen. Even the season two finale is uh, right around the time of the uh, is it the poor uh, on the. Uh, profumo uh, scandal right um the secretary of state um uh, having the affair with the model and um and so they're picking these like historical moments and then trying to flesh out th- that the story of the show in in, mm-hmm. in in that moment by hitting those points yeah by hitting those points which i think is like really interesting. i think the show does it incredibly well and actually much better than house of the dragon uh, was doing if i'm being very uh, very honest but i think also the house of the dragon is gonna like slow down whereas the show i don't know we were talking about uh, presumably six seasons is it but what what the time uh, frame will be perhaps we could chat about that at the end of next week's episode as we like sort of start to preview what season five and, and even season six uh uh will look like but um yeah do you know what i was just saying i was looking through uh the emmy awards this show gets uh for the first two seasons gets totally shut out they get a bunch of nominations but nobody wins anything um Justice which Foy. I, don't I know, know I know. Uh, oh no, she does win. She wins. Therefore, yes. he's the only person who wins. Yeah, Good. that's right. She's, uh, she's, she's a hero.
1: I love but it. But I so believe
3: much. you know what? Interesting for season two's performance uh, in D- in Dear Mrs. Kennedy, actually, which is very interesting. oh
1: yeah, that is interesting. In season she's one, she's nominated
3: for Assassins, which is the portrait episode, which makes sense. She gives the speech and she has the fight with Philip, and Philip apologizes. So I think that that makes sense from season one. Yeah,
1: she's incredible in everything. I mean, the the way that it like the way that it is distorted it's so wrong to say but it's like distorted my view of of history it's like when the queen died I'm like I don't really know how to feel because I loved her as portrayed by Claire Foy but then I'm kind of mad at at her as portrayed by Olivia Coleman. like I don't know where it's gonna go I don't know how I'm gonna feel like even when when Philip passed away I was like watching season two so I was like I we'll have really complex oh. feelings about this. I'm pr- I'm pretty mad at Prince Philip right now. The fictionalized mm-hmm. version of him. Like if it had happened yeah. and I'd been later along, I would have been like, oh, you know, Philip really really settled into something, became a lot more stable. Like these are real people, um, but this is my understanding of them. And
3: well, pretty weird to watch that be. that Charles <laughs> Charles childhood episode, being like, oh, that's that's the king. Uh, you know, no, it's so
1: weird. <laughs> no. It's so weird. The, the Charles stuff as well. Like I mean, look, when the Queen died, it was like a statement from the King. I'm like, what? Oh, oh, the King. Um the yeah. child stuff i mean that we'll get into that i think a lot through like season three and four but like at the time when i was watching it and the whole thing was about like charles becoming king i'm like but he's not even king right now
0: no, no. And like, that was like no. a
1: big thing that like informed my watching um just by doing it in 2021 so yeah i mean like i love i love the history stuff like that's one of the reasons that i love the show so much like my a lot of my focuses in high school other than music I studied history English and drama and I feel I like I studied this, history so yeah yeah, hit, yeah. like I, I did ancient history and I kind I mean I loved ancient history but like I kind of regretted not doing modern history because I really really enjoy this stuff and love the jumping off point like it gives me like, I, I just like I'll, I'm like oh they use that word and I don't know what that word is and I'll google the word and now I have like a new word in my vocabulary like that's mm-hmm. what I get from the show like I feel like it's honestly incredible quality even, like, later on when it's leaning into, like, the real scandal of it all with, like, the Diana stuff, and I think maybe that'll happen even more in, in the know. season we're going we to talk about, but, like, even so, I'm, like, it's just, like, the, the costumes are incredible. Like, it's very rare for me to watch a show and just be, like, this this feels like a great product, and, like, in the writing, like, like some of the, like, the, the, the like, I watch scenes over and over again because, like, some of the writing, like, the coronation kneeling scene and, like, the, the finale scene between them, I'm, like, this is so well written. Like, this is, like yeah almost poetry in the way that it's
3: being written so Love. yeah it, it's it gets nominated for pretty much everything every year like uh, outstanding yeah. drama a couple acting nods directing and writing um and actually before people get mad about me saying like oh it got shut out like it totally didn't uh john lithgow <laughs> gets not wins <laughs> for assassins uh the portrait episode yeah. for playing churchill uh Foy wins for dear mrs kennedy and then the directing of uh Pater Familias, the episode that yeah. charles uh mm. um, uh, philip episode uh that he wins for uh peter Stephen steven daldry wins for outstanding directing so it does not get shit out at all and it gets a bunch of nominations um but i think the thing i really appreciate about the show is that I, I i like you were saying like in terms of being like a monarch fan I, I i'm not and i and not even to the point that i'm like super caught up in the drama like obviously everything with harry and megan i like you know I, pay attention to what's happening and know what's happening, especially they moved to Canada. It's like, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Um but uh, all the
1: time, right? That's how Canada yeah. works. Well they People left me in Australia. Yeah.
3: Unfortunately they People left Canada. We're all very disappointed uh, about it. Yeah, they moved to California. Um, yeah.
1: But uh and then and obviously like the
3: weddings I think were big deals when they ever they had kids. But I remember like specifically Diana is like one of my first memories of, of not specifically like a thing but of like oh there's like a cultural thing happening like Diana died and everybody seems mm. really upset about it is like a thing for me I was born in 91 so I was like six at the time of that happening but I think that the show what it's sort of given me is sort of an appreciation like my mom like when the queen died she was like oh that's I'm really sad I'm really upset that like the queen died has been this figure in her life her, her whole life and obviously like yes it's different to be Canadian uh, than it is but we are part of the Commonwealth uh, Queen Elizabeth was our head of state King Charles Charles is our head of state, um, and so yeah, is like this figure that like loomed over culture and, and and society for like many, many years. And so I I, I love that the show sort of can give me as, as like the history that I study was a lot of like uh, social Canadian history and specifically in the post-war era of like uh, I studied a lot of like summer camp, like why did parents send their kids to summer camp? Why did summer camp become a thing? Things like that. Um, and so like I'm and as somebody who like watches a ton of TV, I'm like interested in culture. And so yeah, these are like all this stuff that's like talking about the reason why like they're picking these moments is because it's like stuff that was in the news, stuff that was like scandalous and interesting or like mm. happening to the Royal Family family and i i like sort of love getting that uh insight into it and i, I just i agree with you that i think it's incredibly well written and to make characters that like really as some like my belief system like is juxtaposed to like monarchy uh and so yeah. for me to be like oh well lizzie come on like uh i wish they were being nicer to you. you know yeah yeah, like, it's, yeah the prime ministers i'm like yeah. Oh, yeah i feel bad for you winston churchill you know i think it's really interesting it's really compelling and i'm really excited chat about season three and four next week and then eventually season five when it drops
1: yeah I, I mean i think yeah that that said really well and i i what i also love about it is i mean one of the reasons i love survivor like getting for a whole podcast while talking about survivor but like yeah, one of the, wow. the reasons that i'm that i'm into it is because like the jury have to turn around and vote for the winner which is like a contradiction in terms it's like that complexity right. and that's like automatically like a clash that we have to work through and that's to me like the prime beauty of the show that's one of the reasons i love the crown is again like i mean it was kind of ripe for i guess like dramatic portrayal but it is like there's so many contradictions in it in the fact that again like it's like as Elizabeth comes into her own she becomes more part of the system that's like she loses her agency it's a contradiction so many of these things are around just like a very complex difficult thing um yeah where you have to be like this really really prominent family um and it's yeah I think uh, obviously makes sense of why there's so much interesting stuff to do and then they they take past from history I think especially in these first two seasons pretty well by like hitting those points and maybe I have more flaws on that on like season three which I still enjoy but it's going to be the one that I'm like gonna have the most criticisms for mm-hmm. but in these two seasons really not a lot of, of criticisms and I yeah really enjoyed it and I I wouldn't have thought that because I yeah I didn't think that the royals seemed that interesting but yeah. in hindsight they kind of are like again like it's like about like the 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 is basically are meant to find like solace in it but then also like that's where all your money is going and everyone's really poor. Like yeah. like it's meant to bring calm, but also like they're on their, they're in their ivory tower. I mean, like, yeah, it's a very interesting the way that they I think I've said very interesting a lot in this podcast, but it's, it is, it's true. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a very interesting concept that they just write and direct and act very, very well. So it's a great show. So I'm really excited to be covering yeah. it. I, I love this kind so much, as everyone can hopefully tell.
3: <laughs> I'm excited to be chatting about it with you. We'll be back uh, next week with our, uh, you know, season three and season four. Olivia Coleman, Tobias Menzies, Helena Bottom Carter, Joshua is going to join the cast as Prince Charles. So that mm-hmm. will be really fun. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be back. In the meantime, Shannon, um, what, what are you up to? And I will just quickly, I'll cut this part out, but it, w- this drops on November 26th so
1: October 26th yeah
3: October 26th sorry so yes yeah. just in terms of whatever you might have to pluck yeah
1: mm. well I am covering Survivor every week Survivor 43 yes. so doing that on the International Survivor Hap half of feed if anyone wants some more Survivor content and that's pretty much it that's why I'm so excited oh. to to be talking about something that isn't Survivor and, and like the crown like I, I wanted to put my hand up for that because it's like what else is a show that I love that much that I feel like really can benefit from like that additional analysis and like hopefully we'll get into like when we're when we're talking through season five but like again historical accuracies and inaccuracies and like that additional research and like for me it's just like the perfect subject for just like hardcore character analysis like so many things that I love about Survivor I think it was the reasons that I love The Crown it's about character and narrative and and edit I guess not really but like we'll, we'll talk about like the different it kind of is moves. the edit it yeah, is the edit
3: because it's, the it's like moves. they do they do like re you know it's a it has to be like entertaining to you and they they have a narrative that they want to tell so like yeah there is like an edit I think that makes sense yeah I
1: think all of their ed- edgic is very much like CP you don't really get an OTT person you don't like you know you you really like really get the complexity of them so you're yeah, like maybe when we talk it through we'll talk about Talk about the strategy, we'll talk about like how the characters are being portrayed. It's really it really just is Survivor, I think, but it's just like yeah. in this in this crown context. So yeah. I'm excited to be doing it.
3: Uh didn't a new season of Australian Survivor didn't is, is but that won't come out for a while. They just No, uh,
1: yeah, that's no, next okay. year. Thank next God. Year. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> we only right. need our time. We need to, okay. to All All this why this this year, we focus on the crown and the also the Survivor 43 But yeah, I'm excited about it
3: perfect uh i will have just uh, wrapped up coverage of house of the dragon which i've talked a lot about on this podcast because i actually think there's a lot of similarities between those shows uh coverage with mike bloom although i believe there'll be lots of bonus coverage uh, uh a lot of people listen to the podcast we're gonna get uh, some other podcasts in your in your feed. some fun and games uh i will do chatting about interview with the vampire with uh, dm philly also sunday night show um yeah, more to come over there and, and movies every week with Ariel. Um, over on Rob as a podcast, I have a, a board game show, Shannon, called Roll Call, which I would be excited for you to join. Come and play. I want to play. Yeah, we've played Settlers of Catan. We've played uh, uh, the Game of Thrones board game. And I believe the yesterday, uh, as this episode drops, uh, an episode uh, of Clue. We played Clue. That came out. So uh, check that out. Nice little Halloween special. I'm on Twitter at Hive from Grace. Uh, Subscribe to the feed. I believe it should be posturecaps.com slash crown uh, and ratings and reviews would be very much appreciated if you could do uh, that. We would love that. Uh, Subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Um, Yeah, we'll be back in a few, uh, in in a week's time for another episode. Until then, bye-bye.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. D W void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions eighteen plus.